This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason Mann, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. You know, we're uh, we got All Star uh, Weekend here, and uh, some uh, fun things uh, going on. Uh, but unfortunately, no old timer slash legends game. <laughs> no, it's it, it's a very odd. I didn't. I, I I remember hearing about this game a little bit growing up, but I had never really seen much of it. And it, and there, you know, information about it was pretty hard to come by. Uh, thankfully, YouTube and the, and the glory of, of YouTube and people uploading has, has helped kind of get this game a little bit more to to you know fruition, and, and people can kind of see it a little bit more and and understand a little bit more. But it's still a very it's the mystery of All Star Weekend, one that you know we we no longer have. But I feel like, and I guess we'll we'll kind of come up with that at the end of the show. If it should that it possibly should come back, it's just a very unique, odd game. It's it's so hard to wrap your head around this idea that like yes, let's have a bunch of old dudes play basketball on NBA Saturday. Uh, but I, I love it. So that's. yeah, I was um, you know I never really had watched the game, and I uh, the the eighty four game is on YouTube, and the ninety three game, the last one is on YouTube, and I, I watched all of the eighty four game and most of the ninety three game, and. Uh, you know, I was kind of expecting there to be a lot of, you know, embarrassment and a, a lot of plays that, you know, just kind of showed, you know, these guys are old and, you know, out of shape and really bad. But for the most part, I enjoyed it. I mean, there were, you know, there's a few silly, embarrassing things here and there. But, you know, by and large, like it was kind of a nice uh refreshing look at, at some of the old timers and gave them uh, some spotlight. And I, and I think, you know, particularly 1984, you know, you're talking about uh you know, a time in which um, the league is just on the cusp of really becoming a national sport and becoming something that, you know, um, your average American sports fan you know, has any, you know, deep knowledge of, um, you know, Bird and Magic by that point have really become, you know, mainstream stars and and the NBA is turning around from you know, this difficult period that it's undergone that we've talked about before. So it really did make sense to, you know, bring guys from the 60s and 70s who had been the stars of the game but had never really gotten their doing and gave them kind of a... Um, you know, forum to you know get their exposure to you know a, a brand new NBA audience. Absolutely, yeah. And I thought one of the parts that I really liked about it is is the general tenor of the game was kind of playful and fun or whatever. And you have the commentators kind of laughing about these guys being old and, and you know guys are, are are playing, but they're kind of joking around a little bit while they're doing it. But these guys have pride, and we I, I think we kind of forget that too when we think of oh a bunch of old timers playing the game, a bunch of you know NBA legends or whatever. They still have pride and they still want to go out there and do well. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to look like they're really. So you have guys that are of course are older, well past the prime, of course. But then you have some guys that are out there. It's, you know. 
know, to them, it's like a rec league game. Like, they're playing ball out there. Like, I, I know in a 1993 game, Bobby Jones has like 30 steals because he's just getting in passing lanes and like really caring way too much about it. Rick Barry is, is famous too in, 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 in the games that he played of, of really trying very hard. But even guys like a George Gervin or whatever are, you know, not that far out of the league, but still, you know, kind of want to have some pride and want to play and have some fun with it too. So I really like the idea that it was, it, it was a fun type of game, but guys still wanted to show a little bit off. They wanted to still show that, hey, here's who I am and, and, and this is what I used to be. But I thought one of the other parts, too, is, is and that's why I really would love to see something like this maybe come back or whatever. And again, we'll talk about that uh, towards the end of the show. But um, from an education standpoint, too, because the commentary the entire time is, okay, this is Hot Rod Hunley. Here's what he did. Oh, here's Ron Boone. Oh, he played for this team. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that would be great to just get, because there, there are people that are going to be watching and don't know those guys. I mean, we kind of, we, we live in our little bubble where we knew who all these people were. But, you know, if there was an old-timers game you know this saturday or whatever and it was guys from like the you know the early 90s or whatever there are a lot of people watching that have no clue who those guys are know nothing of their background and might not know that these guys were very good in their time or were very important in their time so i think that's a really cool thing to do and and the idea that yeah it it is kind of you know we'll get to some other issues of why you know they got rid of the game or whatever but the idea that it'd be like embarrassing basketball i just don't think that's very true i don't think it's any less embarrassing or any more embarrassing rather than the rookie sophomore game which I, i I enjoy that game, but I mean that thing's just it's just a alley-oop contest basically, which which is fine, and I like it being that. But the idea that oh you can't bring this back because it's so embarrassing to these old legends or whatever. I mean the, the All Star game itself and the and the you know the rookie sophomore aren't really these like amazing games either. They're just a showcase for you know for that it's the showcase of of up and coming players in the rookie sophomore. In the All Star game, it's the showcase of the current players. You know why not have a showcase for the legendary players? Why not? Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, it's it's not any more embarrassing than the uh, celebrity game you know, or, or things like that. Oh, right, so. yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, they yeah. didn't have that celebrity game on Friday, which is just a big joke. And a lot of times what, what you will get those legends in there that do it. And and for God's sakes, we had the Shooting Stars competition for years. Remember that thing? Yeah. Like, I enjoyed that. That was fine. Yeah, but it was like, a lot of fun, but yeah. Yeah, but I like fun. This should be fun. This whole weekend should be fun. And that's, that's one of the things I love about the NBA more so than almost any other league is, is they treat their all-star game like fun. It, it, it's just this big old party. Everybody comes and everybody just has a good time. Nothing is taken way too serious. Nothing is is is. There's not stakes. It's not like the World Series is on the line and right. home field advantage is on the line. And, and it's not like the NFL or the Pro Bowl where nobody cares and it's like we don't want to be here. Pe- people want to be here. The people want to go to the All Star Game because it's so much fun and it's such a, a great exposure for the league. So I say the more fun activities we can have uh, that obviously don't injure <laughs> legendary players is the best. But you know sometimes that happens. And- it, yes, it, it did happen a couple of times. Which is one of the, one of the reasons. Why they uh, got rid of the game? You know, you know, I thought the interesting thing in your research that I had no idea about is they actually had Legends games in 1957 and 1964. Yeah, it was it was kind of unique that that um, and it was really hard to find a lot of details as to why they just, you know, decided to have these random games in, in 57 and 64 and why, you know, they were seven years apart and all this sort of thing. So that was a little bit interesting that, that you know, it was just kind of their first experiment. And at that time, it was just called the Legends game. And uh, but it, it's really hard to get any details uh, about those games itself in terms of, you know, w- what was going on during. And we have, you know, basic ideas of who played in them, of course, and, and, and some of the score and obviously the scores and that stuff. But yeah, as far as like the NBA's reasoning behind it, th- that's still kind of uh, un- unfortunately uh, uh, un- in- 
impossible to unearth at this point right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guys who played in those games are, you know, the 57 game was obviously mostly 40s and early uh, 50s stars. Um, Red Holzman, of course, the future Knicks coach who played for the Royals was in it. Um, <clears throat> Ken Sailors, um, you know, mostly guys that, you know, even if you're a pretty deep historian of NBA history, th- these guys are not necessarily household names. Uh, Bob Brennan, who played for the Celtics, who was their enforcer, you know, pre-Dynasty Eric, <clears throat> guys like that. In 64, some of the names are more familiar. Uh, Bob Cousy, obviously, who had just retired. Uh, Ed McCauley, the great uh, center for the Celtics and the uh, Hawks. Bo Charman, George Mikan was in it, you know, Slater Martin. So guys who I think are, um, you know, were part of the, uh, the, the... Hey, Jason, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Can't hear me? Yeah, Skype. Uh, Skype froze. So. Oh, okay. Keeps doing that. <laughs> I did oh, that last weird. Last time too. This is really weird. Uh, I did it with with Joe and I on our podcast the other day too. Okay. Are you Where still is... Are you still recording on Audacity? Yeah, I'm still recording still... on Audacity. So okay. I guess we can just keep going <laughs> until it, until it destroys us. So uh, that's fine. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Um, what, what was the last thing you heard? Um, you were okay. So I'm trying to remember trying to remember the exact point to make it a little bit easier, but. Uh, you were talking about the guy. See, I'm, I'm trying to clue it in on when the screen popped up. All right. So what were you, you were talking about? A few of the players that were in there. Yeah. Um, maybe start at that point. Okay. Just to be sure, because I don't know exactly when it stops. All I know is a pop up comes up that says the recording ended. But I was I was looking at a different screen, and so I, I think if we just go back like a minute or two, I think it should be okay. Okay. So. I'll I'll just start my point over about the. Um the 57 and 64 games and who was involved okay. and we'll get that'll there. make so, it easier for editing okay, so, okay cool. right. sorry sorry I'll, about that I'll do a five second break and then I'll uh, okay yeah I don't know why Skype's doing that but eh. it's being bad <laughs> Yeah, and if you look back at the rosters of the 57 and 64 game, in the 57 game, you know, there's not necessarily a lot of, um, you know, name, names that I even know all that well. I mean, Red Holzman is there, Bob Davies, you know, the great Royal Stars, Red Holzman as, as well, um, uh, Ken Sailors, who, um, you know, was an early star, um, you know, a, a couple other guys, you know, Bones McKinney, Fuzzy Levain, you know, some, some names, Bob Brandon, who was a, um, Enforcer for the Celtics, Al Servi, who was a national star. But, you know, there's some guys here I haven't even necessarily heard of in 57-64. You know, I think the names are more familiar, at least to me. You know, Bob Cousy's playing. George Mikan's playing, you know, almost 10 years after he retired. Slater Martin. A lot of the old Lakers guys, actually. Vern Mickelson, Jim Pollard, Mm -hmm. Arnie Risen, Bobby Wanzer with the Royals. So so some some more familiar names there. Ed McCauley and Bill Sharman. Kind of of a lot of guys, actually, from the uh, old Lakers dynasty in the western half and a lot of guys from the early part of the Celtics dynasty which was still going of course but some of those guys had retired on the uh, eastern side so that's kind of an interesting I, I, you know um, would have been an interesting matchup uh, there between those guys as well some um you know, so some guys who definitely battled against each other in the 50s and the 60s. And, of course, those, you know, the Lakers and the Celtics dynasties did not overlap. But that would be interesting um, if we could learn more about that one because I don't know if there's any you know pride or interest in that <laughs> idea. But that, that's something that kind of fascinates me You're just looking at it. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, um, what's interesting, too, about this, and we'll get to it a little bit later, is is there are quite a few players that played in these ones and then also played in the ones when they re, you know, brought the game back in 1984, which, which will be fascinating when we talk about a few of those guys. But it's, it's just shocking that um, with that time gap that there would be guys. But like you're saying, there's a lot of this old-timer game, a lot of these guys were, I, I guess the distance from when they played wasn't, I mean, there were some, like you said, some of the 40s guys, but there were some guys who were only a few years out of the league or whatever. But uh, I, I get the idea here, and it's a really cool concept, and, and I would love to learn more about you know the NBA's idea behind it, which I'm assuming was just, you know, some 
similar to what it was in 1984 and similar to what it would be if they ever brought it back. It's just marketing the, you know, the history of the game in a lot of ways. So, uh, really cool to see it. And, and yeah, I wish we could learn more about these and, and hopefully, you know, in the, in the coming years, we do learn a little bit more uh, about these games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the there's a really good article um, on at the Slam Magazine that was just happened to be published as we were as we were planning this article, uh, you know, talking about the kind of the origin of bringing back the um, All Star Game or, or bringing back this to All Star Weekend um, in '84, and this is right after David Stern has you know become commissioner of the league, and uh, you know the '84 All Star Game is going to be played in Denver, and that was the site, of course, of the '76. Uh, slam dunk contest um you know where uh, where julius irving you know had the famous dunk and kicked that off the nba is reviving that and they're looking for other things so they they bring back this you know old timers game idea and you know i mean that was definitely a pretty stacked um you know roster of guys if you're looking at it i mean for the east you have um you have dave debusher you've john havlicek uh tom uh, tom heinson who's you know really really old and definitely you know <laughs> out of shape there uh sam jones pete maravich oscar robertson uh nate thurman bill Sharman, wes unseldon for the west you've got you know rick barry dave bing hal greer connie hawkins who looks really good lou hudson uh johnny redker another uh, guy who's definitely looking <laughs> Red uh, is very old yeah. yes they, they interview red at one point and he's on the bench and he's got oxygen or because it was in right. denver too so right they they of course had to provide some oxygen for for guys because it's hard for you know actual nba players to play in denver let alone like 70 year old johnny redker 60 year old redker or whatever but it was just kind of funny they like interview him on the sideline and, he, and he's dying you could tell that he's just like oh boy i'm i'm done here but yeah like you're saying the majority of the guys were, were yeah. in pretty decent shape as well i mean there were yeah heinson and, and kerr who were obviously i think both commentators at this point were, right. were kind of your oddities but the rest of the guys were, were pretty good actually yeah like even like guys like pop pettit and Dolph chase who you mm-hmm. were much older they they looked pretty good you know earl monroe uh jerry west you know obviously those guys were not that far away from from their yeah. playing career Cal Greer's so. hair was very out of date but his body seemed relatively <laughs> yeah had, like he still had like the afro going or whatever but right. it was like it was like not it was definitely not as good you could tell it was just like how it's over man <laughs> <laughs> the afro is done. I, poor, I apologize, poor Al, but yeah, it's not going to come back for fears. So yeah, yeah. you got you got to wait a little bit. But, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. But yeah, but that that one was fun. I mean, and that had a nice mix of like I said, the the 60s and 70s stars, and, and you know most of those guys were you know really big stars of their uh, day. You know, I mean, they, they those were that that would have really been you know dream matchup. You know, so to speak. Yeah, as the years went on, there was a little bit less of the uh, star power, particularly as you got into the um, you know. As you got into the '90s, there were not necessarily the you know as many of the big stars that were um, part of it, but um, you know, I mean, that it was really interesting to see those guys interacting at that uh, time. And yeah, like I said, for the most part, I, I think the guys you know held off well. The, yeah, there were a couple of moments where you know they they missed pretty badly on their shots or things. And it, obviously, I think the guys who really stood out were um, Maravich and uh, Barry, who both of, you know were among the youngest guys, and, and Havlicek to uh, to a degree as well, and, and Connie Hawkins. Been retired for a while, but still looked, you know, pretty sharp. Yeah, and and Maravich and, and Barry also were guys that we'll, we'll maybe add to our all time try hard team because those guys were definitely out there. <laughs> like like Maravich is out there, like it was just a normal rec league game or whatever. You know, he's playing, you know, cutting, you know, using cutting lanes, you know, using the baseline and like. But that's good. I, I thought that was the cool part about this game, and, and particularly you know, in '93 when I, I noticed it as well, is that it was able to be a blend of like guys kind of trying hard and, and and trying to have a decent game, and then your little oddities here and there. Like sometimes the ball would get in someone's hands, and everybody would kind of stop and laugh and you know 
he'd throw up an air ball and they go, oh, geez, well, he's 70. What do you expect or whatever? And then like, then it was fine. And then you just kind of moved on. Like the 83 game, um, you know, Hyrod Hundley had, you know, he was mic'd up for the game or whatever. So you hear his commentary as he's like walking down the court or whatever. And like, he was the oddity, but the rest of the game around him was fine. And it wasn't like it was, you know, this horrendous, you know, disgrace to the game of basketball because some guys were having fun and other guys were playing serious. I kind of like that dichotomy. I, I like kind of the, the blend of it. But this 84 game was like, you know, I watched it. It was like a legit decent game. Like other than your few old guys you had, everybody else seemed like they were out there trying to play, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's um, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, yeah, the contrast between the guys who um, you know were, were competing and were competing. But you know, as you talked about, there are some guys who you know played like an amazing uh, gap in terms of the games that they played. Um, you know, Bob Davies played in fifty-seven, sixty-four, and eighty-five. Um, <laughs> And Kuzi played in, you know, 64, 85, 86, and 87, and also coached in 88, um, 1990. So, um, you know, some of these guys, I, mean, I think Davies is the only one who literally, you know, was 28 years apart. I think that's the biggest gap, but other guys, you know, did it 20, uh, close to 25 years apart. So that's, you know, that's nearly as good, obviously. Yeah, and some other kind of fun stats and numbers about it too. Uh, of the games they had, and this is from 1984 to, to, to 93, there was five wins uh, for the West and five wins for the East. So basically split up uh, evenly. One game in 1988 went to overtime as the East prevailed, <laughs> 47 to 45. So yes. it was sudden death overtime too, which was not a play on the guys being old, but rather the uh, the way that they determined who who won the game. So uh, and it was not who died first; it was who scored first. So there you go. Uh, just in case. Uh, you were curious, but yeah, um, Zelmo Beatty, uh, he played in the most legend games. He appeared in eight overall. Uh, also some uh, best individual games uh, to kind of point out here. Calvin Murphy had 26 points on 11 and 19 shooting in 1989, and I will let you guess what town this game was held in. It was Houston. So yes. <laughs> if it's shocking that everybody stopped and let Calvin Murphy shoot 19 times a game in the Legends, you know, all-star game, it was in Houston. So, but no, it's an awesome performance anyway, though, just to even shoot that well, even if they're kind of, you know, forcing you the ball. Uh, George Gervin had 24 points on 11 of 15 shooting in 1992. I believe he was up, like <laughs> putting his resume out there in case anybody wanted him to uh, to play for their team. Uh, and Pete Maravich in uh, the, the, the aforementioned 1984 game, he had 18 points. Um, as far as yeah, worst individual uh, games, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that, yeah, and Maravich was like 35 at that point. Yeah, he was like not that, like he was fine. Like yeah. Maravich looked like he could definitely still play in the league if he right. wanted to. Right, so. yeah, and, you know, and of course, you know, he, he died young, you know, uh, I think he was 40 or just before he was 40, yeah, 40 and 88, yeah. you know, with the with the heart condition, but he looked like he was in incredible shape and could have, you know, definitely could have played, in, still played in the league and, and been you know, reasonably effective. Uh, worst individual games. Archie Clark in 1990. He was 43 years old at this point. He had one point on zero of nine shooting, so he had one free throw. Thank God. Uh, and then worst individual games as well. This is a twofer for old Dave Bing, who we'll get to here in a bit. Dave Bing, 1984, 0 of 7 from the floor, zero points. Dave Bing in 1985, 0 of 8 for one point. Not good for Bing, no. <laughs> no. Not, and, not, uh... and like, how old, I don't I, I forgot to look at how old Dave Bing was at this point, but I feel like Dave Bing was a guy who aged pretty well. I mean, he seemed like he was in decent shape, even through. Maybe he was too worried about politics and he couldn't worry about his jump shot anymore. So <laughs> there you go. Fair. Yeah, I, I would think he would have been doing it in his mid to late 40s, so not super old, you know, at, at that point. So, um, so yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> bat to bat, just yes. really terrible ones. Uh, best all time stats. Uh, far away the most points, Calvin Murphy. 
uh, with 72 total points. He was uh, 30 of 71 uh, all-time in Legends games, 42% from the field uh, for that. But, of course, propped up definitely by that 26-point game. Yeah. Uh, also, Rick Barry, uh, 47 total points, 50, uh, 16 of 50 shooting. So not great from the field, but but as Rick Barry is wont to do, 14 of 16 from the free throw line, baby. Uh, it's not 90%, though. It's 88%. <laughs> I so, know. Don't tell him. If it's not 90%, him. then obviously, you know. <laughs> he should have changed it up. Tried it. Well, he should have tried over underhand. I mean, yeah, over, overhand. He tried to do some overhand three free throws. See how that works. Get that get that above 90%. <laughs> yeah, how know? long are you going to fail until you try to change something? I mean, come on. Exactly. Let's, let's come here, on. Rick, so. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Jones, who I mentioned, had, I believe, 37 steals in the <laughs> 1993 game. Definitely trying harder than everybody else. And yeah. definitely was like red ass, too, about it. He was like so serious. And you could tell he, like, he got mad at a call and it's like all right bobby just just reel it in there bud it's <laughs> well, all right you know. like- you could, you're wired to play a certain way. It's hard to <laughs> like, avoid that, you know. Like, he, like, argued, like, multiple calls. I was like, all right, all right, Bobby. Rick Barry also argued calls in the 1984 game, too. And, like, yeah. the announcers are laughing, and Rick is definitely not all that laughing. Like, he definitely is kind of serious about what he's complaining. So, yes. And Red Auerbach, too, was was at one point kind of mad about some of the calls being made, which I, I love. Because these guys just can't unwire themselves. Some guys are just, no, I'm playing basketball, and I have to win. And, like, it's pretty good. Uh, John Havlicek, 32 total points for him, uh, 13 of 42 uh, 31% shooting, so so not bad. But um, I thought one of the standouts here was George Gervin. 49 total points, 60% from the field. He was 21 of 35. He looked like he was actively playing for a contract, as I mentioned, on a few of the games. Um, also some fun facts here, uh, weird oddities of the game. Uh, George Gervin, he was a Western Conference legend in 1991 and 1992, but then moved over to the East for 1993. So, But he played in both, so I, I, I get it. I just wonder how they determined who, who played for what team, uh, which was not you know unique because Rick Barry, he also flip-flopped. Uh, he was uh, West in 1984, East in 1985, West in 1988, West in 1989, West in 1990, West in 1991, and then finished up his Legends Classic career, of course, with the East in 1992. So <laughs> he flipped there. Zemo Beatty, he switched a bunch, too. He was uh, uh, Eastern Conference 84, 85, 89, and 90, and then West for 86, 87, 88, and 93. I have no idea how they determined which conference you were going to go in that day. I guess whoever... RSVP to come. So <laughs> there you go. Where, where they were living at the time, maybe. You know, or, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah like. There you go. Well, yeah. Well, you know, Rick Barry. I mean, he obviously played most of his career with the Warriors, but he also played Houston, which was East and West at different times, and he played for the Nets, of course, over East. So it, you know, it makes some sense. Um, you know, Zelmo, uh, you know, played for some uh, Western teams and some Eastern teams in his uh, career. Actually, mo- I guess mostly Western teams for yeah. uh, the ones that stand out to me. I'm, I'm blanking on anything that was in the uh, East. He coached the Virginia Squires. They were East, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they did. <laughs> oh, you're coaching these, right? Yeah, get, yeah. Out, get out there, Zemo. Yeah. Um, I mean, he played in St. Louis, uh, which I think is like the Eastern team that he, the most East that he played. So that that one doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, you know, they, they need to, obviously, they want to have even teams. So, um, yeah, yes. But, um, I, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the league, you know, really went away. Um, it continued into the early nineties, but, uh, you know, there were injury concerns at that point in 1992, David Thompson and Norm Nixon both had to leave the game because of injuries. And, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it, obviously there are some people who watched it and felt like it's a little bit embarrassing to see these guys. It's certainly getting hurt is a, a serious level or just these, maybe these guys seeing, um, them not, um, play you know, uh, effectively, but uh, you know, I, I I forget if it was mentioned in the in the article we talked about from Slam, or um, I think it might have been mentioned in there. But the idea of okay, well, maybe try like a half court game. Like I I think there's some um, 
that that's an interesting idea for these legends. And then I thought, well, that's kind of what the the, the new three on three league is going to be. You know, <laughs> that's why I can't wait for it. Yeah. Game among legends. Yeah, that, that's basically. I mean, I think the the that that essentially is what it's going to be the legend game like in a different format. Which is, yeah, I. I been a little skeptical about that idea but i it, you know and i think about like oh that, that's probably gonna be kind of fun you know there's not obviously not a whole lot going on uh during the summer obviously the wnba and there's summer league but yeah i i, I think it's a nice um you could theoretically be a nice diversion although you know you maybe it's gonna be you know uh rupturing achilles talon tendons and you know causing uh that kind of issues yeah, um, I've I've always liked the idea of, of like a three on three with the actual current NBA players. Of course, they don't want to do because like that injury concerns are, are terrible. But sure. I like this idea of like guys just drafting whoever they want and just these like super weird teams of like three on three dudes. Like you've got like Russell Westbrook and LeBron on the same three on three team or whatever. Like it'd be awesome. But yeah, I, I think that'd be a good sort of uh, you know in between. Or you know if if you want to do the full court game, I think like yeah, there were a few injuries that happened here and there, and 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 that is gonna happen no matter what. But I mean, provided you get guys that aren't like very very old and 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 tell guys that hey don't you. Know, don't go out there and kill yourself. Maybe it's at the level that a celebrity game is. Maybe it's a little bit better than that celebrity game. But I feel like you could do this easily. And and I think you know now more than ever, it would be interesting to see these guys do it because you know now more than ever, there's there's way more. Oh, back in our day, we would kill this guy. Oh, you know, uh, you know, every single guy in the world has to say, oh, when I played, oh, we would have killed the Warriors. You know, oh, we're, you know, we played hard deep. It's like all right, well, now you get to play. So there you go. Like now everybody gets to watch you play, even though you're you know you're as old as you are. So I just think that'd be kind of cool. But I, I just like this idea, and I just think it's been so long since they've done it that even if it's not in every year thing you know who wouldn't want to see you know some some early 90s dudes go out there because now they're at the ages where you know they still are probably in somewhat decent shape some of the guys of course not, not everybody i don't think uh <laughs> not everyone will be out there but uh for the most part i mean i think you can get a, a decent crop of, of of early 2000s early 90s mid 90s guys out there and, and have a pretty fun game but like i said at the top i think more than anything it's good for education purposes where you can talk about you know this guy and what he did when he was in the league and, and what he did that was an important or whatever and and, and just in Embrace your history a little bit more because, I mean, the NBA has such a, a storied history, of course. You know, that's why we do this podcast. But I, I think they just don't – I don't know that they kept – I mean, they. I, I think it does a good job of capitalizing, uh, capitalizing up on it. But I wonder if they could do a little bit better job uh, on All-Star Weekend of capitalizing it. Because they did a little bit with the shooting stars. But I think this would go, uh, you know, another level as well. So what um, legend do you think would uh, – most likely be the Rick Barry who takes the game too seriously. Oh man! Wow, let's think here. Okay, um, part of me initially wanted to say one of one of <laughs> Brent or John, but I feel like they're kind of goofy dudes, though. So I don't feel like Brent Barry would take it all that serious. Yeah, like I think he'd try, but I don't think he'd be like because he's not to the level of like a manic that, that his father was. Um, oh man! Yeah. I mean, I think it would probably. I, I don't know. He might be just above this level, but Kobe, obviously, I, I think would be the oh, guy. Oh God, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kobe right. would be like putting elbows and yeah. They they probably shouldn't invite Kobe because he'll get somebody hurt or get hurt. Yeah, right. Kobe's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think of like because I don't think it would be anybody that would surprise you. It would have to be like all effort dudes from the '90s or whatever that that would be good at doing this. Um, yeah. Man, I'm blanking on some other guys like that I our, think. Our test is still in the league, but I feel like he's the <laughs> he's yeah. the candidate for that, you know. 
Uh, I feel like Steve Nash would probably take it way too serious. Okay. Though he's yeah. kind of a playful guy, but he would be out there like throwing these like really good passes and stuff. But that like, you know, you can kind of get, and that's what like that's Pete part of the show. Kind of yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Pete yeah. was trying hard, but it wasn't necessarily that he was like hustling back and forth or whatever. It was just that he's such a good passer that he can kind of get it into different spots and, and do different yeah. things. And being part of, you know, the show was kind of part of how he played anyway. So that's yeah, kind of exactly. a natural yeah, extension yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, Reggie Miller for sure. Yeah. Right, yeah, he would definitely like putting like oh, his, yeah, I could see that. his yeah. feet in front of people and like tripping guys or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I, a Tim Hardaway might might try, but I, I feel like, man, I don't know. That's that's a tough question. Sometimes they're vexing, you know. Thunder um, Dan, Thunder Dan Marley would be out there, maybe uh, probably yeah. working his ass off. So. There you go. Um, He's starting to get up there in age, though. I don't know. I wonder about. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's hard to say. A lot of these guys are pretty old when they played, so um, yeah, that's true. Tim yeah. Duncan would just be like very Tim Duncan, I bet, <laughs> just you know, not having that much fun and just kind of taking like eighteen footers. And it's like, all right, all right, Tim, it's not just about like like you just like really badly want to win, but like not really, you know, be too showy about it. He would just kind of like put his shots up and they're like, all right, you can have a little bit more fun there, Tim, if you want. Yeah. But. Little smile, you know. Oh, Garnett, Garnett would be would be crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. They can't invite. They they cannot no. invite Kobe or, or Garnett. But I feel like you have to invite Kobe and Garnett because it would be hilarious. They have to be on different teams, I think. Or no, actually, you know what? Them trying to coexist on the same team would be actually be pretty funny. Because I can see them getting like very upset about things and like calling each other out and like getting mad. Yeah, that that I like. I like that one. Yeah, that's. I think. Gar- yeah, you know what? I think that's my my stock answer. That will be uh, Kevin Garnett. I think would be. Uh, the most tryhardy uh, of anybody. Uh, all right. Well, if you have an opinion about who would be the most tryhardy uh, in a uh, in a current <laughs> Legends game, feel free to uh, let us know on uh, Facebook or Twitter at Over and Back NBA. <clears throat> you can find us at the Step Back at Fansider.com, and you can also uh, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, where we listen to your podcast. Just search for Over and Back. So, thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.